0: Welcome back to another episode of Customer Intelligence Management 101. I'm your host, Carlos Guevara, and I'm joined today by Ryan Sinsen, our social media specialist here at Allsight, and our show producer, the guy who basically does a lot of the, much of the heavy lifting, um, and this show really wouldn't come together if it wasn't for Ryan. He's the, uh, the real genius behind the show, if you will. So Ryan, thank you for joining me back here on the podcast
1: well thank you carlos for having me you know it's always uh always a pleasure to be on the show and you know step out from behind the
0: scenes a little bit so yeah let's get into it it's going to be a great great episode let's pull the curtain on the magical wizard which is ryan and we have him here (laughs) talking about uh actually we're going to be talking about something really special today it's a significant episode in the evolution of this podcast, as we begin to enter the next stage of our show, <clears throat> but more details on that in just a bit. I know Ryan, you're uh, biting your itching nails very much to, uh, to, to, to bring it reveal out, reveal the news. Absolutely. So first, in due um, time. In due time. Yeah. <laughs> so, <clears throat> like every awesome show, exactly. Like every single awesome show, we've gotten to the point where we're going to do a clip show, <laughs> but <laughs> it's a it's a good clip show. We're going to be going back and talking about customer intelligence management. Mm. And what is now known as a customer intelligence platform. So, first, we're going to kick it off um, by doing a review of the fun we've had since you know starting the podcast, Customer Intelligence Management 101, back when I was the guy producing the show, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and our then CMO uh, Dave Corgan, who is now the CEO of AllSight, was hosting uh, together. He and I, with everyone else who <clears throat> is brilliant here behind the scenes uh, at Allsite. Um, we're, we're going through the process of shedding some new light and, and bringing out information about the evolution of, uh, of uh, MDM uh, and the newly created space uh, that we were pioneering, which was known as customer intelligence management. So let's hear Dave Corgan talk about the evolution of MDM and the customer intelligence management platform. Yeah, let's get into it.
2: So a modern style of the registry or MDM is really taking modern requirements for unstructured big data and making that part of the registry. So ingesting unstructured web chats, web browsing history, interactions, even social media data as well as PDF documents, figuring out what customers they belong to and making that part of the customer registry. So when you want to modernize a registry approach for these big data requirements, you know, the first thing that companies want to look at is, well, are they looking at just a view of the data? And really, they're holding the system, uh, data in other systems. So in other words, the registry is a very, very thin deployment, and they're just pulling in data from these other systems and pointing back towards it. In some cases, you can absolutely do that, but you do need to at least ingest this unstructured big data like uh, web chats and call center transcripts to analyze it using natural language processing and machine learning to understand the context of, hey, what customer does this even belong to? Once you attach it to the customer record and you have a pointer back to where that data actually belongs, then yes, you could remove it and have a very, very thin deployment or a registry style. The second fundamental aspect of a registry style MDM is that you can have different views of the customer based on where the data came from or sources. A modern approach to this registry style allows you to have different views, or we would call them even perspectives, of the customer. It could be based on where the data came from, the source systems, but the more modern approach is to actually base that on your confidence level in the data itself. So for example, operational users would have one view of the customer based on a 90 percent or greater confidence level that the data actually belongs to that customer whereas marketing users might have a much lower threshold say 60 or 65% confidence level in how that data is actually attached to the customer record that could be based on what source systems it came from but it's more based on the uh, how we synthesize that data together and what those confidence scores were the modern approach to doing this in this third era of customer 360 is called customer intelligence management. It's a new technology based entirely on the big data platform and technologies like Apache Hadoop and Spark and machine learning and natural language processing and graph data stores that can consolidate and bring in all of this information and build essentially a registry of a customer 360 and it enables different dynamic perspectives or aggregated views of the customer based on confidence levels, based on sources of data, and based on many other different types of survivorship rules. I mentioned the three eras of Customer 360. And we really believe that this third era is what we call customer intelligence management. Whereas the second era of the customer 360 was largely facilitated by master data management or customer data integration, and the era before that by customer information files. So
1: yeah, that was Dave, our uh, CEO here at AllSight, you know, talking about the evolution of MDM. And one thing that really stood out to me uh, what he said was when he was talking about perspectives and you know the confidence scores, and you know that that'll really guarantee that you have more accurate.
0: Data about your customers. I couldn't agree more, and it's all about accuracy. So it's like shooting—it's like shooting a moving target. A mm-hmm. customer is a moving target, always evolving. I can think of my bank, my insurance company, or you know anything that I have with any organization. From the moment that I first signed up to where I am today, I've—I've I've changed, right? Am I single? Am I married? And do I have kids? Do I have a new car? Do I have a new home? Do I have a new property? All these things change, and customers evolve. And so should you, right? And the customer intelligence management system is designed on one primary premise, and that's that customers do evolve and that their data is always evolving. So with this change, organizations need a format and a structure that changes with it and allows these businesses to utilize new ways that they never thought of they could interact with, with their customers by ingesting so many different forms of data and keeping up to date with what the customers are doing so. I, I couldn't agree more, there, um, Ryan. Now, this evolution and the creation of the space by the leaders here at Allsight was really what sparked the interest of the analysts. We all know that when there's new tech mm-hmm. or, or new solutions out there, analysts will jump on, and it really got them talking about the status quo of things in the world of customer data MDM today and the constraints along that are you know folks are facing. Also, the existing you know the the existing way that uh, that or the existing, I guess you can put it, the existing format that data lakes are at and, mm-hmm. and how they're being utilized. Um, one of my favorite blogs was written by Dave Corgan about you know making sure your data lake doesn't become a data swamp and gets yeah. all bogged <laughs> down with all this information that you don't know what to do with. Um, one of the analysts who is is a, is a big uh, advocate for the customer intelligence management system, which has then now been coined as a customer intelligence management platform, is Cheryl Kingstone from 451. And here at Allsight, Ryan, as you know, and a lot of the folks who listen to our content know, we love to do webinars. And Cheryl did a webinar with Dave Corrigan um, where they were talking about the customer intelligence platform and just the evolution of where we've come from, where we are and where we're moving into and where we are now. Now, we're going to play a clip from that. And I think it's, it's really interesting to know that th- this isn't about replacing things like CRM. I mean, everything does. Their own duty, but mm-hmm. it's it's about doing more with the information that you're getting out of these different various. Exactly,
1: platforms. and building on that, right? And as we're going to hear in the clip, Shira will touch on this. That she does say it's not about replacing CRM; it's about building on it, so you can understand your customer relationships and you know use intelligence to gain insights that are actionable and you know deliver better customer experience. So let's hear it.
3: And so it isn't really about he who holds the most amount of data. It's he who can provide and act intelligently and provide the line of business with that prescriptive insight that they need to get their jobs done, whether that's sales or service or marketing. And granted, that's where we've been, right? So if we take a look at here where what spawned this discussion around customer intelligence platforms and why it's emerged is – We've had a lot of discussions over the years about what CRM was supposed to be, and that was trying to get a consolidated view of the the customer, too. And I'm not saying that CRM is, is not important. I am a CRM analyst. I've been covering that for years. My first implementation of a sales system was in eighty seven. I'm just saying it's changed, it's evolved, and the data needs a better management system. And CRM is very much around an operational system. Then we looked at MDM and where that was going. So master data management is a great tool, but again it was mostly on structure. And we're going to go into a lot of the data here. Uh, But what is really changing is this vision of a customer intelligence platform that can really synthesize the data and link it from customer to customer and data to customer to have a hierarchy and a, a, a really true single view of the customer that allows the line of business to act. And it provides context from that raw data that David was talking about and then when you can really understand and have some relationship discovery. Because again, what I was saying earlier, it isn't about the vast data, it's about understanding the relationships and how to intelligently identify what's important from the data, the trends, the information, and how we can act on it.
0: So Ryan, like you said, and, and Cheryl filled that in, I mean, it's it's about doing more with what we've already got. And, it's, and the customer intelligence platform, you know, provides that ability to link all these new types of data that customers are creating and businesses are gathering um, together and turning it into something that can be critically used. Now, one of the things that customer intelligence platform does is, is data synthesis, right? And it basically mm-hmm. comes down to the the ability to understand and create context from all of this raw data and different fragments and <clears throat> of data of structured and unstructured data. Um, so, you know, it, it basically comes down to providing an interaction, uh, a new way of interacting with your customer. And being able to see the full, complete view of this journey you you have with mm-hmm. the customers you you already have, and potentially the customers you could could be mm-hmm. you know working with, right? Um, this new term was coined by analysts, and and it is uh, the CIP, which is the Customer Intelligence Platform. Um, we started off as calling it Customer Intelligence Management, but it, it's it's something that I, I really want to stress that it's it's not just for customer facing. Businesses, right? Don't just think hospitality and retail. Mm-hmm. This can be used by manufacturing, mm-hmm. B2B, uh, even in patient care, uh, in healthcare. So, this platform is revolutionizing and changing the way that a lot of businesses are doing data and the insight that they're able to get. Now, Jennifer McGinn, who is our marketing director. um, Hey, Jen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, hey, Jen, I know you're listening. Um, She and I did a webinar uh, a few months ago where we talked about use cases for bettering the customer experience. And one of the biggest points is the insights that a lot of businesses are not getting today without realizing what they could be actually seeing Mm -hmm. um, and understanding better with the help of a customer intelligence platform. So let's hear from Jen.
4: So as we can see from these examples, That incomplete customer data, in some cases wrong customer data, is really could lead to the wrong information and the wrong actions being taken. But having good, complete, robust customer information at the hands of the right people is gonna have a big impact. So let's look at some of these stats. Um, So we found that um, 86% of CMOs say they can't access, omni-channel data. This is really affecting their ability to market, um, predict and anticipate customer churn, identify high value customers, um, and then run effective marketing campaigns to ensure their brand recognition. Um, this stat down here, 76% of customers say that they can leave after just one bad experience. This should make everybody's eyes like, open wide. If a customer can leave after one bad experience, it is also said that it could take 10 to 12 ex- good experiences to get a customer back, to keep them loyal. And it could be, depending on your line of, between your business, your industry, it could be a significant amount of time until you have 10 to 12 interactions with, a, with, a, with an individual customer. Insurance might be you know, only a few touch points a year. So it could take years until you can win back that customer after they just left after one bad experience. And then 88% of customer data is ignored. This means that you've got the data, it's there, But your existing systems and infrastructure may not be able to handle it and manage it. These systems may not have been developed or designed to handle what we think of as big data, unstructured, fragmented data that's coming from information that your customers are providing to you through web chats or emails or images or posting on social media. So we need to find a way to be able to incorporate that information into your business processes systems and make it available for people to take good action on. So you have your customer's data, but figuring out how to use it is where you're really gonna get that competitive differentiation and where you're really going to ensure good consistent customer experience across that customer's journey. So we have built a a system that takes all data sources, both internal and external to your organization of any type, structured, unstructured, semi-structured, fragments of information, and we bring that all together, link and match all of that known customer information together to create a a true Customer 360 profile. We then take another step and derive intelligent attributes. These can be things like sediment, relationships through graph, um, graph database technology, and um, propensity to churn, um, lifetime value, et cetera. We we derive these um, about additional data that we can scrape from emails or from social profiles, et cetera, to go beyond just the information that customers give us, um, but also information that we can derive about that customer. And then we provide that all through unique perspectives that are geared towards a, a salesperson, a customer service rep, or a marketing analyst um, through dashboards or direct through APIs into um, existing systems, whether it be a CRM system or a, a marketing automation tool, et cetera. Make it all available to all those different users in the form that they need. Um, and we use machine learning and artificial intelligence to be able to improve and automate this process of bringing all this customer information together. So we're really being able to serve that customer information up um, to everyone in the organization who needs it to be able to ensure great customer experiences across the
0: board. So that was a clip from our our, webinar that Jen and I I did, which uh, is available on allsite.com forward slash webinars. And that's a stat that is widely known. I mean, one bad experience, you're going to have to do 10 or 12 to try and get that experience forgotten i can attest to that i was recently in the market for a new car and i knew that it was going to be a much higher premium than what i'm currently paying for the my my car now so before i jumped the gun and went and bought it i called my insurance company and said hey can you call me back with a quote this is the information about what i'm looking to buy no one got back to me wow yeah wow is indeed Uh, and what kills me is that this is an opportunity this of of, that happens a lot where i'm the customer saying please take my money you ever see that Mm -hmm. meme of Fry from Futurama, where he's just like, shut up and take no. my money. That's me, That's, <laughs> That's <laughs> great. I'm holding my money, and I'm just like, shut up and take my money, and nobody wants to take my money. And to Jen's point, there are some businesses that they will engage and interact with their customer many times, mm-hmm. and get a lot of opportunities to pick up the ball when it's dropped. Insurance is not one of them. For In my situation, before I called, requesting a quote that I never got till this day, nudge nudge insurance company if you're listening, yeah. you know, I, I hadn't spoken to them in a year. A year ago, around this time, is my renewal for my existing car, and I just had a question about debits and the, the the payments. When am I going to talk to them again? Exactly. Or am I just going to go somewhere else now at this point? Right,
1: and that's the thing. Like, even with the statistic there, like, once you lose a customer, who's to, who's to say that you're going to even have the opportunity to have twelve good experiences to make up for it? So I think that's why it's really important to ensure every individual customer experience is top-notch service, it's personalized, and even with word of mouth, most people will, so if you lost one customer, they might go tell their friends about it, and then you may have lost more than one customer. So it's really important that every customer experience is great.
0: The key word I, that I want to cherry pick off of what you said, I mean, I agree with everything, but it's personalization. Mm-hmm. You know, and today we're, we're, we're connected, everyone's connected, and, and it's, it's, we're all looking for that personalization. Anyone who's out there and says, I do not want to personalize shopping experience, you're lying. Because there, there's nothing better than going into the mall and having everything hand-picked and hand-ready for you. It's because seamless, it's right? It's seamless, right? I shop online and the, the the algorithm in the website knows what I bought last. What It makes everything easier. It knows my size. It knows my address. Why do we shop online? It's for those reasons. Whereas when I go to the, the, the register, how many times do you go shopping for clothes or, or something and the person goes, can I get your email? Well, you already have my email, you've asked me nine million <laughs> times, right? The, the internet doesn't do that, but we want that seamless shopping experience, right? And, right? and I only think of like Amazon, I mean everyone uses Amazon as an example, but it's because it's such a great example where mm-hmm. it's like, it knows what I like, it knows what I've put in my cart, it knows what I took out of my cart. What to recommend. What to recommend. I get emails saying like, hey Carlos, we know you were looking at this record exactly. and you didn't buy it, what's, what's up, right? Everyone's connected today and the demand for a seam- seamless and personalized experience across all channels is there, mm-hmm. you know, and that connectivity is happening 24 hours a day. It's, it's, we're always there. We're always giving and receiving information. But that connectivity makes it also easy for me to churn, to leave, to go somewhere else, right? Uh, whether this is in retail, financial services, it's never been easier to have a really good customer experience. The same time it's also never been easier to just leave when you have a bad one mm-hmm. so a customer intelligence platform you know i can speak from a marketing perspective it's it's there to help us you know the guys and the growls in charge of of mm-hmm. communicating and personalizing you know messaging to get into that new era of customer 360 by better understanding sentiment by listening better and understanding if this person is happy or, or indifferent you know, seeing these indicators and helping us to be more connected on an omni-channel level with with every single customer and through every experience that they have with us, um, it's 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 an art. It's become an art, and it's the art of the data-driven decision. Right there's there's no more just throwing darts in the dark. Like there is data, and it's driving everyone from the CDO. To the CMO, to the the C CEO, there's just yeah, so in the C-suite, and data stewards, everybody, to to get um, the right information in front of them and and make the right decisions. So, it's it's a disruptive thing that you know said is doing. It's and we're a disruptor. It's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it is changing the way businesses are looking at and using data that you know then has led me and and yourself, Ryan, here. Um, to kind of switch gears with what we've been doing in the podcast. You know, we, we've been talking about customer intelligence platforms and customer intelligence management with with uh, Dave Corgan, But, you know, Ryan, you and I, you can attest, we've been going mm-hmm. out and about. We've been out in the streets of Toronto and, and making phone calls and talking to folks online. We have been out there in search of how other organizations are using data for the better, right? And mm-hmm. since we began doing this, we've this in search of good data, if you will, that we've been doing. We've spoken to a route optimization software company, a big data and MDM consulting company, and an organization that integrates clinical medicine and public health with big data and analytics visualizations. I mean, we've we've had our minds blown with what people are doing. Each of these organizations has been putting their own spin on the endless amount of possibilities that you can do with all this information that's provided. So they've been providing service and filling a need Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's the stuff that we love to you know, talk about, right? And, and that's kind of why we've enjoyed doing this podcast because customer intelligence management now, customer intelligence platform, has been doing that. So it's been providing a service to different industries, different roles, and filling a need. So let's hear from these three organizations that we've talked
5: to in the last few months. We've been around for a few years. Uh, we, right. started, we started off uh, both me and my co-founder. We were part in the previous life, part of a company that did route optimization for more of the traditional transportation problems, so goods companies, Home Depot, Frito-Lay were our customers, and uh, we worked in that space for some time. And you know, we came out of it, and we said, "Hmm, it's interesting. Moving people is much more challenging because the difference between moving people and goods is, you know, when you're moving a good, they can be in the vehicle for the whole day. That's right. Yeah. When you're moving mm-hmm. people, it's a bit different. You have all different constraints. You can't, you know, if you have an efficient route." it can't be in the vehicle the whole time, so how do we do this in a way that can be good for the operators, that they can at the end of the day make money, because uh, that's, that's what's important to them, but also provide a service that makes sense for the riders. What we actually do uh,
6: encompasses a number of different areas, uh, one of which is sort of advisory services, so helping clients develop strategies for data, uh, as well as answering, you know, business questions using a data science approach. Right. We also offer development services, so building machine learning algorithms, databases, and other analytical tools. And we help our clients build out their own internal teams through hiring and training support. That uh, philosophy around you know, using data to make better decisions really speaks to our belief that if you want to use data effectively, you start by thinking about, well, how would answering this specific question or getting this specific piece
7: of data change what we actually do? At BlueDot, we take an interdisciplinary approach to this problem of predicting the spread of infectious diseases. So we have, our team uh, includes clinicians, epidemiologists, ecologists, veterinarians, engineers, designers, entrepreneurs, and data scientists like myself. Yeah. And we're all sort of working together on this problem of preventing the spread of uh, epidemics.
1: So those were a few clips from uh, different organizations that we were speaking to uh, on the podcast over the past little while. And what's so interesting to me is, you know, here we at Allsight, we're usually focused on the customer experience, but it's so interesting to me how other organizations in you know different industries and spaces are utilizing big data and machine learning technology and gaining insight in their own respective way. And I think like even with Blue Dot, the way that they're using big data analytics to research infectious diseases and you know predict um, yeah. when an epidemic may arise is just it's, it's
0: great. It's mind-blowing. I mean, these are some pretty awesome organizations mm-hmm. doing a lot with big data and you know, like AllSite. Uh, they're, they're currently getting out of the red ocean and into the clear blue, if you will, right? And that's a reference to a book I just I just read that I'm sure a lot of business-minded folks have read already. Um, you know, they're out there creating a new space and filling a current need in a very unique way. Now, I'm going to let them go into a little more detail as to how they're doing this. So let's just jump right in and hear from, we'll start with Pantonium.
5: AI is very interesting, especially now it seems to be the new hype. Every company is... Uh... Uh, WWWIO, AI, Um, I mean for us definitely uh, intelligence is a very important part of algorithms uh, because algorithms uh, are actually intelligent algorithms where based on the feedback they're constantly learning and adjusting based on that so really one of the keys of our system is you know in transportation generally transportation is controlled by how well you dispatch because how you dispatch controls your top and bottom line that's when you have a fleet of vehicles and you have to service service goods or people what our system does is it constantly takes feedback as the day is progressing so it's constantly planning adjusting and changing based on you know different riders, different perspectives, GPS, feedback, traffic conditions all these different aspects and constantly adjusting and learning and providing that feedback and changing the way the routes are running. So in essence, someone could work with our system without having any human interaction. So our system can work without any dispatchers and uh, it's constantly adjusting and and working through throughout the day managing this. Now, you know, you always like to say you always need someone in there because uh, it's the 80-20 rule. Um, You know, you want the system to do 80% of the lifting, but for sometimes for those more strategic, maybe I need a new vehicle, maybe I'm running close to capacity, and the system's telling me you're going to be running out of capacity, that more strategic decisions of what you do, that's what you need the people for.
6: You know, everything we do with our clients is is largely customized. But we, you know, first of all, work with clients to understand where they are with their data and what changes they can make to you know, to use it more effectively. And right. that might be, you know, bringing on a, a team member that might be changing the the way that they um, access their data. Uh, it might be training uh, members of the organization in how to think about data more effectively. And then it's also about building solutions that will then, you know, enable that transformation. So building, um, you know, new analytical tools that have more flexibility that are able to let you know members of that team analyze the data more um, you know more quickly and more flexibly.
7: Take all of the different types of specialties that are needed to do this type of work and integrate it. So we have epidemiologists who have a incredible understanding about statistics and the dynamics of diseases but might not know how to create uh create software yeah. and then on the other end of the spectrum, we have software developers um, that are working on actually implementing these um, products and models so, and they might have less understanding of what the diseases are that they're working with. Yeah. And so being able to have workflows that connect everyone up so that we can leverage everyone's own expertise to create the, the product that we're working on, I think that is something that we've been working on and we're sort of figuring out like where do the responsibilities lie and things like that.
0: You know, there's a little bit of a theme there from what they're all saying. Um, And it sounds to me like what's uniform here is that it's really important to have clean data and get those insights uh, in front of the right people. Um, You know, And and most importantly, not just have them in front of them, but have them accessible by the right users. Exactly, and even when you say that about clean data, it reminds me, I, I saw this stat,
1: I think it says, bad data costs US businesses alone 600 billion annually. So, you know, that's a lot of money to be dealing with. And I think even on a more specific uh, individual level, it's like $100 per record. That's crazy. So, yeah. So, you know I mean, I think it's best that
0: we avoid that and ensure we do have the best data available to us. I agree. I mean, this is something that we're too familiar with at solving here at AllSite, you know, helping the right, not the right, but all business users um, synthesize their data into something more. Um, you know, we've only had a chance to speak to three organizations so far, but... We've already lined up quite a few other impressive professionals and organizations that are are wanting to speak to us uh, and come on this podcast now and talk to us about how they're revolutionizing the way people look at, you know, use and they think about data. This is a call out to anyone out there that actually wants to come out and, and talk to us on this podcast. Uh, you know, I guess this is a great time now, Ryan. What do you think to segue into our, our announcement that I alluded to earlier? You know, Ryan and I, um, we've been... Out and about, like I mentioned earlier, talking to a bunch of different organizations, and and we are transitioning and evolving this sh- podcast a bit. So Ryan, I'll just yeah, let you, you do me. a little drum roll. Drum roll, yeah, Yes.
1: Had. So moving forward, after today's episode, uh, the show will now be called "In Search of Good Data." So as Carlos said, you know, we're really broadening the spectrum and reaching out to other individuals or businesses that you know work with big data or in some sense in the data science realm. Uh, so we're really excited, you know, this know we can now speak with people you know not only in canada and the u.s but all over the world so i think this is going to be great to really open up the conversation and hearing what others are doing
0: absolutely so if you're out there and you're changing the status quo We've got an idea that needs to be heard from the top of the mountain. Yes, because we are that top of the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> you know, connect with us. Email us. Um, our handle, you can reach out to us at, at AllSite, which is uh, the Twitter. Uh, I'm on Twitter as well. Ryan's on Twitter as well. Mm-hmm. On LinkedIn, you can just find us. Or you can email us uh, in the description of the show. You'll find the information. If you do want to connect with us and get on the show, I mean, we would love to hear from you. And I'm sure you'd love to broadcast whatever your solution or, 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 or what you're doing in this world is, uh, because everyone's interested. Mm-hmm. Big data is the hot trend right now. Mm-hmm. So don't be alarmed, folks, by the next episode that will have some new intro music, graphics. The show's still the same, just with a little different twist, mm-hmm. right? I it's mean, a new era, as we like to say. I like that. So <laughs> you know, we will be continuing to talk about customer intelligence platforms and the people behind the technology. But you know, like Ryan said, We'll also be hearing from other interesting folks and uh, organizations in the world of big data and analytics. Ryan, this was a a, a huge show. I mean, uh, I can only think of other, I guess, shows that do clip shows like, you know, Fresh Prince right. and, and Saved by <laughs> the Bell. And yeah, I'm, I'm really dating myself. Even yeah. like the, the Simpsons here, right? So huge, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah,
1: thank you so much for having me on. And I'm, I'm so excited. We got some great things lined up. So I can't wait to see uh, what's to come in the future for the podcast? It's going to be awesome. So it's, stay tuned. It's
0: it'll be worth it'll be worthwhile for sure. I couldn't agree more. But until then, I'm your host, Carlos Guevara. Ryan, again, thank you for coming on. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us today, and we'll see you next time when we continue this podcast, but in search of good data.